Hello and welcome. Uh, this is uh, David Inahosa with the San Antonio Express News, and I am one of our high school sports writers. Uh, and it's good to be back podcasting uh, here after about six years. I think we uh, last did this in the 2017 playoffs, so it's good to good to be dipping our toe back into the podcasting. Um, and I say one of our high school writers because we have since added uh, another. Uh, writer to our sports staff in, in high schools. And uh, after three years, I'm no longer uh, covering high schools uh, pretty much by myself here at the Express News, and I'm glad to have the help, and it's going to really enhance what we're doing here. So let's introduce our new writer who's been here for about two months, uh, Ron Herod. Welcome to the Express News, and welcome to San Antonio. Well, hey, David. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be joining a legendary staff and with the San Antonio sports fans. Um, just glad and happy to be here. Good shout out to Mike Finger. So Ron comes to us from uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where'd you go to school? Uh, where have you worked? And uh, how did you end up here in San Antonio? Yeah, well, I'm from, you know, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. I wanted to make sure that was clear. It is our nation's capital. <laughs> Great city. Uh, but, you know, I, I went to Radford University for undergrad and Columbia for grad school. I've just heard, you know, so many good things about Texas sports. So, I kind of just wanted to come out here and experience it for myself. Well, let's kind of build on that there. You are from Washington. This is the first time you've lived in Texas. So let me ask you this. What what had you heard about Texas high school football? Because obviously you hadn't experienced it before. What had you heard about it? And now that you've, you know, you've gone to some practices, you've talked to some kids, you've talked to some coaches, uh, what have you learned about it? Just kind of having just a little, little piece of it so far. So growing up with a huge passion for football, you know, I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. You know, you hear a lot of things about Texas football, about the passion that the fans have and the players have. And just going to a couple of practices over the last month, that's just really been shown. So I mean, I know in about two weeks uh, when the season picks up, it seems like it's, like it's going to be a very fun ride. Yeah, and it's going to really uh, open your eyes to a lot of things, I think. And you mentioned that you are a Cowboys fan, so i got to ask you this. From Washington, D.C., the heart of NFC East, how, yes. how did that happen? You know, when, when you have a father like Ronald Harrod Sr., uh, you don't really have a choice. Uh, he just pushes it on you, and then, you know, eventually you start to love it. And, you know, we've had our, our share of uh, painful memories together that have helped us get closer. So, yeah, I, I figured any, any Gen Zer who does not live in Texas has to have a parental yeah. influence to be a Cowboys fan. <laughs> so, what, you know Definitely. what? Definitely. But, uh, you know— your dad, your dad is uh, raising your right. That's good. All right, let's talk about what we're going to do today. So we're going to do a, a high school football preview for the season now in San Antonio. Now, there's a lot to talk about, so we've decided to kind of pare this down to um, some of the teams that we think can make uh, long playoff runs, and then uh, the ones, the kids that we don't get to talk to, we're going to talk about some of the other players that are being highly recruited and, and could really make an impact um, on this season. I think that's a good place to start. So, Ron, let's jump into it. Yeah, so, okay, David, so Steel High School was one of the top football programs in our area, but they faced another powerhouse in Brennan in week one. Do you think Steel was ready to take the reins and become a favorite to make a deep playoff run? Well, I think Steel is definitely built for it. They have the most, probably the most uh, college talent on, on of any of any team in San Antonio. And, you know, Steel beat Brennan last year in the season opener, so they definitely, you know, have the tools. Now, the big, big challenge for Steele is that they, uh, they graduated their two best players, uh, Jadon uh, Jadon Bailey with a running back, uh, who counted for, uh, you know, almost 1800 yards. He carried the ball a lot. He was, he carried the ball 262 times. Workhorse. Workhorse guy. Yeah. 
So he's graduated. He's at Utah State now. And then Makai Williams, who was our defensive player of the year, he's in Tulane now. So those are two big holes to fill. But offensively, I think Steele's in good shape. Uh, they bring back their quarterback, um, uh, Chad Warner, who had a really big sophomore year. Uh, and Jalen Cooper's one of the – and, and uh, Jalen Cooper and Royal Capel, both are receivers, really good playmaking guys. Royal has been – as a sophomore – he's going to be a junior, but he's started since his freshman year, and he's a big – playmaking guy he, he can basically uh score anytime he has the ball and they really try to get him the ball uh, in as many ways as possible he returns kicks they like to put him in the backfield try to try to have him hit a seam up the middle and I've seen him just just go from there so I think they're okay and I think the strength of steel and is going to be in the secondary you got Dante Carter who is uh committed to Vanderbilt he had seven picks last year uh, his teammate Alvin Williamson is being heavily recruited by Vanderbilt, so there's a chance that uh, we could have a Vandy connection at Steel uh, from Steel. And then Sean Robinson, who's uh, was the backup quarterback last year, he's uh, a junior. He goes about six four. He's got got a big big wingspan. He's very lengthy, and I think that uh, he's going to be a really welcome addition there in the secondary. So I think that's their strength, and yeah, that's kind of uh, I, I think they're built for it for sure. Yeah, I was looking at their quarterback, Chad Warner, over 2,500 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, and five interceptions. When looking at those stats, I thought of one other quarterback that, you know, we haven't talked about. His name is Dak Prescott. Right. Dak Prescott's rookie <laughs> season, what did he have? 23 touchdowns, four interceptions. And what did they lean on? They leaned on the running game with Ezekiel Elliott, similar to how Steele did last year. But after, you know, Ezekiel Elliott got suspended, after, you know, <laughs> yep. you know a little slowdown, right. then we got a chance to see Dak's passing prowess. I look for that to be Chad Warner this season. Uh, it seemed like he, like you talked about Roy Capel. Like he has still has his number one receiver. Uh, he looks like he's going to take a jump this year. Yeah, and I think that it's going to be my necessity because you know Jaden was he carried that offense and he carried them to almost to a playoff victory. It would have been a big one over Lake Travis. Uh, they lost by three points. Uh, he carried the ball thirty three times, which is amazing. And then they lost to and a, and a last second uh, a field goal. Uh, the one thing about Steele. And I think we're going to find out a lot about them early because they open up with Brennan and then they go to Lake Travis it's week two. Brennan, excuse me, Steele beat Lake Travis at home last year. Now, Lake Travis, their top two quarterbacks were injured and they started a tight end. So I kind of kind of take that with a grain of salt. But Steele nearly beat them, you know, nearly beat, you know, Lake Travis, you know, uh, fully healthy. So. I like it, and they got, a, they got a good core coming back. And will Brendan be that team? It's going to be tough because they graduated a lot of guys, including our two-time Offensive Player of the Year, Ashton DuBose. And then they also graduated Tyler Turner, who was kind of their combo free safety linebacker. He's going to Oregon. So, And then they just got a lot of holes to fill. So there's a lot to, to, there's a lot to be said there, but I still think they're going to be good enough to win uh, 29-6A. And Harlan could challenge them there. Yeah, then so Steele beat Brennan, like you said, last year in the opener by one point. Very close game. I wanted to highlight just three stats to show everyone how close the game was. So Steele had 489 total yards while Brennan had 414. First downs, Brennan actually led with 20 while Steele had 18. And rushing yards, that's where the game was won, like you said, on Steele's side, where Steele had 235 while Brennan only had 67. And kind of looking deeper into the stats, uh, that game was won. Uh, Chad Warner uh, 
pass to Roy Capel, I think with a eight or I don't know, less than a minute left. And what was amazing about that play it was about an, it was an eleven yard touchdown. Royal was under pressure. He bought time, and he found Royal kind of streaking across at, at the back of the end zone. That was his first varsity start, so, and against a quality opponent, I think that was I think that showed a lot of, of his ability. And I think uh, Steele's going to look to that a little bit more, probably a lot more now that they don't have an established running game. Okay, so now I want to move to the 28-6A race between Reagan, Johnson, and Brandeis. David, who do you think comes out on top? I don't know. It's going to it's gonna basically come down to those three. You know, uh, Reagan are the defending champs, and uh, uh, and they return a, uh, a running back who uh, emerged at the end of last year, uh, Cole Pryor. He uh, rushed for nearly 12, 1,200 yards and 10 TDs. Uh, that's basically what they do. And they also have a really good... Uh, quarterback that Lyndon Hamilton's really excited about. He had a really good year last year as a sophomore, Caleb Capuccio. Uh, he passed for uh, 70%, 10 touchdowns. And I, I think toward the end of the year, uh, Lyndon Hamilton sent me a text. He goes, are you keeping an eye on my quarterback? I said, yeah, yeah, I am. I am. So I think he was trying to push for some uh, all area type recognition. And then on the defensive side, uh, Bailey Fletcher's uh, one of the top uh, defensive backs in the city. He's getting looked at by some Ivy Leagues, and he's, you know, I think he's going to go play at the next level. And then Jet Thompson, uh, really solid linebacker. He's just one of those guys that, you know, they, they say he has a nose for the football. He's just one of those guys. That's where Reagan has. Now, Johnson, Johnson is got probably maybe the best offensive player in Ty Hawkins. Uh Ty uh, combined for over 3,000 yards last year. He uh, he uh, passed for 2,200 and and he rushed uh, for uh, 900. So he's a, he's a dual threat quarterback and and he's a junior and he's committed to TCU. Um, the big thing about Ty that really impressed me last year is um, just his ability to. Uh, he, well, as, as a freshman, he was a wide receiver and uh, and so he really took on that role as a starter and he took it on right away. Uh, he, uh, they opened up the season against, um, Judson last year and, um, he passed for five touchdowns over 300 yards. And then he rushed for another, I don't know, 150 and one touchdown. They ended up losing the game, but that was kind of like his big breakout game. And I think it kind of, kind of set him on the scene here in San Antonio and, and he's a junior. So we've got a couple of more years to look, you know, you know, look, look forward to him. And we mentioned Brandeis. The big thing about Brandeis is that their quarterback that they had last year, J.C. Evans? He he moved to Florida, so that that's a big that's a big space that that that, that they need to fill. Now, they um, they do have a receiver, Jaden Pettis Jr. He is one of those guys that I think uh, if they could find a quarterback to get him the ball, he's probably going to be uh, 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 probably the next. He could be a really big time recruit here. He's getting looks uh, from Miami, TCU. Those, those type of schools are looking at him right now. He caught 44 passes last year. Now, you know, J.C. Evans was hurt, so they didn't really have an established quarterback. But I think if they can get that and use him as a weapon, I think that's going to be really good. And I, I look for any one of those three teams to, 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 to win that district. It was Reagan, Brandeis, and Johnson last year, and I kind of think it's going to be with those three right there. Yeah, so last year Brandeis was 9-3, and three, while Reagan was 8-3, and three, and Johnson was 7-4. and four. Uh, Coming to this year, it feels like Johnson is the underdog in there. But their offense is explosive. Yes. They had eight games last year of 30-plus points. Like you said, they have a quarterback that's a dual threat, uh, can really help open up the offense. And then even though Brandeis had the most wins in that division, 
they did lose two key players. It's and you know it's going to be tough to see what can they do without a top QB and running back. Yes, and and uh, but you know I think that uh, the quarterback question should be answered. It's, I, I think if they find that they're gonna they're gonna play O'Connor uh, the first Saturday at the Alamo Dome. That's a big rivalry game. They do not Get like excited. They do not like each other. Very excited. So I think that's gonna they're gonna we're gonna find out a lot about them and and uh, yeah it's gonna be fun. So yeah, and then like you said with Cole Pryor, that's uh he's got upcoming junior over twelve hundred yards like you said ten touchdowns. I know you're looking for him to have another big year. Yeah, he uh, he definitely uh, picked it up uh, last year, um, and uh, it was kind of a surprise because he was a sophomore last year, and and uh, they just kept giving him the ball, and he kept uh, running for six, seven yards a carry. So yeah, that really worked out for him. So in Class Five A, who do you think has a chance to make a deep playoff? I think Smithson Valley is going to be the team again. They're going to be, uh, you know, they made it to the state quarterfinals last year um, in Division One. They lost a heartbreaker to, to uh, College Station. Uh, you know, basically, College Station uh, stopped them about a yard short. What would have been a, a game-winning touchdown. And the game was so, you know, they lost a lot. Of, they graduated a lot of kids from that team. But um, they're bringing back someone I think is going to be key, Freddie DuBose, um, wide receiver. He's committed to Texas. He's one of the state's top uh, uh, players. And the thing about Freddie and uh, is that he uh, played three quarters. He transferred from Clemens to Smithson Valley last year, and he played three quarters, and he tore his ACL in the fourth quarter against Reagan. And uh, But he's such a playmaker, you know, and he's, he's such a guy, and they were trying to find any way to get him the ball. And I talked to Larry Hill, the coach, about him uh, a few days ago, and that's basically what they do. They just want to get him the ball any way they can. Because once he gets into an open field, he's dangerous. And even with a, a team that is really rebuilding on the offensive side, that they really think that uh, they have the guys who can at least just get them some space. And I think that's going to be key for them. And I think they're going to be able to win their district. Uh, and I, I really think in Division One, uh, the way that it works, I think they're kind of built for a, for a long run. I don't see them. I see them challenge. I see them getting to the quarterfinals and getting a chance to see if they can get into the you know, get a Vicks. I think if they would have, they would have, they would have beaten College Station last year. They would have gone to, they would have gone to Jerry World. I think that was kind of the thing. That was that was a big thing. And Larry Hill, who's kind of a really composed, put together guy, and he showed emotion I'd never seen before. You could tell that game really bothered me. You know, I hate to hate to use this, but it broke his heart because he knew where that team could have gone, and uh, it's going to be. You know, and I know Freddie Debose is really, uh, really motivated to to get to get the Rangers back. Yeah, and they, like you said, they got to the regional final last year. Uh, now with Freddie back, they're looking to contend. I mean, they were twelve and two last year. They had ten games of thirty or more points. Yes. This is a very explosive offense, and they have one of the most explosive weapons in the state of Texas. Yes, and uh, they're looking to go back, and they they essentially are bringing back essentially everyone, but they're leading Russia. Yes, and, and just to kind of give you an, an uh, just an idea of how how uh, what what a great athlete Freddie Debose is is that he he tore his ACL. He had surgery a week after that, and he also broke four bones in his knee. I mean, it was a pretty it was a pretty severe injury. So he he basically comes back in May, and he finishes third in the four hundred meter dash at state inside and, and and 5a and just to you know those who know track know that is not easy it's not and when i talked to freddie uh the other day 
he said he thought he should have won it, but he was feeling a tinge in his in his hamstring. So so he pulled back, as we told you. Well, he uh, he thought he should have won it had that not happened. Now he was leading. He he was leading around the curve, the final curve, and he just thought, okay, I just want to hang and get on the on the on the podium, and he did. Now it's just that's one of the most remarkable things I think I saw. Uh, you know, just all sports and anything across the board uh, last year. And it really is a testament to, to him. And it shows ability. his determination, shows his willingness to be there for his team. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, uh, that was the other thing. I talked to a couple of his teammates um, uh, about him, and they said, you know, he was at every practice he could be at. Mm. He was uh, at every game, you know, as, as soon as he got cleared to go to games, he was at every game. And, and even though he had only played three quarters for the Rangers, they, 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 they said that meant a lot to him. That meant a lot to them just to see him out there. And they said, look, if he's out here <laughs> coming out to practice when he doesn't really need to be, then that means we can we can work hard too. So, And I think that's had a really good influence, and I think it's going to carry over into the season. 100%. Okay, now moving on to the 4A race, David. Who do you think in this area has a chance? Well, I think Bernie, uh, which made it to the uh, Division uh, I 4A state final, I think they probably have the best chance of any 4A team here in San Antonio to make a run. Uh, Dave Campbell's has them uh, number two in the state in Division One Four A, and uh, they 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 graduated. You know they graduated some guys, but they returned their quarterback Jackson Bays, uh, sophomore, who um, who just had an outstanding season. I mean, he threw thirty four hundred yards, yeah, forty nine touchdowns, yeah. less than ten interceptions. Yeah, and 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 uh, he showed a lot of poise. You know, his first and I covered the first game uh, that they played last year. Uh, I covered. Bernie's first game last year against Corpus Christi Flower Bluff, and Jackson's first pass was a touchdown. <laughs> so, and I thought that was pretty impressive. It was on a wheel, and it was on a wheel route. He hit he hit his receiver in stride, which is not an easy thing to do, and uh, he got it. And and I think that that kind of set the, that set, that set the course for the Greyhounds on, on a run. Now the big thing with Bernie is that uh, one of the things that carried him to the state championship was that they had this um, they had this. Great offensive line. They called it the Wall of Bernie, and four of them have graduated. But the guy that's returning, Logan Schramm, is a junior. He's one of the top uh, uh, offensive linemen in the state. He's a four-star guy. Uh, he's coming back. And uh, when I talked to their uh, defensive, excuse me, offensive line coach last year, he said he's, you know, I, I hope the other ones that aren't listening because he's probably the best of all of them. And 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 I, and I think the recruiting is certainly playing out there. He stands about uh, six six, three hundred five pounds. Yes, yeah. and he's quick. You know, he's a quick guy. And uh, so they're going to try to rebuild the wall of Bernie around him. And uh, when I talked to the O line coach last year, he told me that you know he felt like they had the guys that were going to be they're going to be okay. You know, that they just need to develop them. And and I think Bernie's going to get a, a you know, they don't play in a big district, so they're going to get a lot of non-district games to play, and they're going to be tested because five of their six games, first six games are going to be on the road. <laughs> so they're going to be tested, and I think that's going to be good for them to to, to, to get ready and to prepare for the season. And um, I really think uh, a lot of the guys that are coming back, um, you know, they, they got to, you know, they got to play in Jerry World. They got to they got to make history with Bernie. Yeah, they got to make history with Bernie. Bernie had never that's the best season in Bernie history. And I think they're looking forward to building on that. And like you said, with Jackson in his big statistical year, just watching him, he looks confident in like you say with the offensive line. But he did lose his brother, who was his number one receiver, who had over twenty touchdowns last year. 
Yeah, and they had a really good connection. And actually, his brother uh, came back. He he actually had left football, <laughs> and he came back because he wanted to play with his brother, his senior. He's a he's a basketball guy. But um, yeah, you know, to, when I mentioned the defensive guy that they have, Hudson uh, Hendricks, who's the coach's son of Shea, he was our newcomer of the year two years ago as a freshman, um, and uh, he made our all area team last year, and he's also the catcher for the for the for the baseball team. Um, He's a guy that just a. I mean, he's a junior, and even as a freshman, he, he looked he looked like a pretty big dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's raising. <laughs> and he's, uh, and he's he's become one of the leaders there. Uh, Houston Hendricks, his older brother who graduated last year, kind of had that role on defense, and I kind of see him assuming that role. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to certainly they're going to put themselves in a position to make a run. Yeah, and like you said, Bernie was fifteen and one last year. They're looking just to build on that, and like you said, they have a chance to go far. Yeah. Okay, now now we're here for the fun part. Now everyone wants to hear about the players, David. Uh, James Peoples. So I know he's a veteran memorial running back, top commit. Just talk about James. The thing about James that really impresses me, uh, he, well, he's uh, first of all, he's, gonna, he's committed to Ohio State, and uh, he's a, a top 100 nation guy. He's one of the top running backs in the state and the, and the country. What's impressed me about James is that, you know, when you look at his stats, he hasn't put a lot of carries, you know, on on the stat sheet and on varsity. You know, he's really made a name for himself on the on the recruiting charts just from camps and just showing what he can do. The his biggest strength is that he's got, you know, he's one of those guys that when he cuts the corner, he's gone. He's gone. But he doesn't <laughs> but he doesn't look fast, you know what I mean? Makes it look easy. Yes, and and it's like one of those he's just running, he's just kind of running a Call it. I want to call it a regular stride, but it doesn't. You know, sometimes you can tell guys that are fast, right? But he's just running, hits the corner, he goes, and he and he and he keeps creating space between whatever defender that took a bad angle on him, <laughs> and then he gets to the end zone. And uh, you know, he uh, he only carried the he, he he only carried the ball. Well, he only rushed. Uh, he rushed for 1,900 yards last year, but he averaged nearly 10 yards a carry, and he rushed for 28 touchdowns that, that he didn't play a lot of you know he didn't play a lot of the four quarters because you know they pulled him out because they were leading they were leading pretty big in a lot of these games and uh but the the thing that's been most intriguing about James Peebles to me is one he doesn't have like I mentioned he doesn't have a lot of carries you know last year was really his first varsity season full varsity season uh but he kept getting offers and offers and offers and he told me that it started uh the summer before his junior year, he went to a TCU camp, and uh, that's where he got his first offer. And then they, then they just started piling up, you know, just just from camps. And I think that kind of tells you the importance of going to those things. And uh, right now, you know, San Antonio Veterans Memorial, they play in a pretty tough district with Liberty Hill. And um, I think that, um, you know, he was our he was an offensive player of the year finalist for us last year. Um, probably, you know, could have arguably won. I mean, Ashton Debose had a great year for Brennan. But he's definitely going to be in that conversation. And, uh, you know, last year he uh, he rushed for uh, 225 yards on nine carries against Harlandale to open up the season. He's, he's, a, he's a fast star. And, and uh, a lot of that was just what I told you. He hit the corner and he was gone. And uh, and I don't know. They're going to open up the season against Harlandale again at Rutledge Stadium. And i um, eager to see what he can do there. So, yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about Antonio Meza, Warren QB. Uh, he had 3,400 yards last year, 45 touchdowns, less than 12 interceptions. Uh, just a, a kid that knows the offense. They run a running gun offense. 
they're worn. He's very comfortable in the system. I went out to a practice last week just to watch him throw. Yeah. He's connecting with his receivers. The receiver's like, hey, no, he's the guy. When he came here two years ago, uh, not even when he had a big statistical year, right? we were just comfortable playing with him. He took a leadership role. He has the guys coming to his house. He told me, you know, they're eating barbecue, they're playing right. in the pool. But after they have their fun, they're on the whiteboard. You know, they're drawing up plays. They're getting ready for the season. Um, so Warren went 8-4 and four last year, having one of their best seasons in the last five years with uh, Meza at quarterback. And they're looking to keep building is what their coach told me. Yeah, I think what's really impressive about him is that he, uh, statistically, he kept up with Ashton DuBose. I mean, they played in the same district. They played against the the, the same competition, essentially, and, and he kept up with them, you know. And uh, so Warren is, you know, it's a good place to start when you have an established quarterback. And I, I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he has, he has, you know, he got a little swag going to him when he's at the practice, uh, back flap, you know, the receivers are out there yelling at him. He's staying calm. They run a lot of plays, too. They're a team that runs pretty quickly. They have a lot of receivers right. that are coming in and out. So he he's shown that he can handle the offense. And he's got – I think he wants to prove something. I think he wants to get up higher on the on the recruiting radars. And I think this is this is really – this is a great chance to do it. You know, he's got the numbers, and uh, I think this is his chance to really prove that uh, what he can do. And uh, I think it's set up for Warren. And I think, you know, if he does what he – what we what he what we think he can do, I think uh, he could challenge Breton for that for that district championship. Okay, so now I know you kind of talked about Freddie a little bit earlier, um, but just any final remarks on Freddie? Well, just the, just the one thing I did mention, just the just the whole thing with track. I mean, I don't think that could be understated. That the the thing that was interesting about Freddie Debose is that uh, I think that he has over thirty offers and. When he was rehabbing his ACL, those offers didn't. No one was pulling their offers. That type of player, he yeah. Is. And I think what where he really, um, really kept what really kept him on those radars was that track season. And I don't think we could, I don't think I could undersell that at all. Um, that's what you know, especially the four hundred. He'd never run the four hundred dash before. He'd been a he'd been a long triple jumper. He'd been a two hundred dash guy. But the 400, from what I can tell, from what recruiting guys tell me, that's kind of the that's what it they translate. That that's what the uh, that's what they look for, right? And then he and so he, you know, not to get too tracky on you, but I think they try to look for sub 50 times on the track, and he was doing those, and he was doing those at the end of the year. Um, so, and, I, and as I, I'll just reiterate, what he did last year to get just a bronze medal on that on that uh, at the state meet was, was remarkable, and. Um, and I know he, he, you know, he really wanted to play for Smith Valley last year, and he didn't get a chance. So he's really eager just to finish strong with that. So yeah, that's that's what I, you know, I think Freddie's definitely uh, going to be one of our top guys. Yeah, and then now with Ty Hawkins, Johnson quarterback, I know we talked a, a little bit about him earlier, but he's just one of our best dual threats in the area. I mean, two thousand passing yards, over eight hundred rushing yards, a combined over thirty touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's just a player. Uh, he's essentially a lot of Johnson's offense comes through him mm-hmm. in the air, on the ground. Uh, looks like it's going to be another fun year for uh, Hawkins. Yeah, the thing that I really liked about Ty Hawkins is that as a freshman, he was he was a starting uh, wide receiver. And he kind of had his breakout moment. And I don't think a lot of people knew that he was a quarterback. I, I knew because uh, he would tag me on his uh, Twitter uh, tweets <laughs> passing. So I knew he was a quarterback. He kind of had his real breakout moment um, 
against uh, Reagan. Uh, they were looking to tie the game on a two-point conversion. They were down by two. And uh, so they had Ty Hawkins lined up, and they do an end-around pass. And everyone, everyone from Reagan just went to uh, <laughs> went to Ty Hawkins thinking they were going to try to run it over. And then he just kind of flipped it over, got the, uh, got the conversion. They tied it up. And then Johnson ended up winning that game in overtime, and uh, that didn't. That wasn't a, statistically. That wasn't as a, that wasn't an official pass, but that was. Uh, it, it was like a big time thing. It was a big time play. And then his next varsity, or his next, well, one of his next games, last year he opened up against Judson, as I as I mentioned before, and just just really balled out against a really really good program and. And he really established himself as a, you know, one of the top players. And then just lastly about Michael Terry the third. Just quickly, what are your thoughts on Michael? Well, the, I will say this. I was at the I was at a track meet. Uh, I think the regional track meet and uh, Ron Ritterman, I, I see him. He's the head coach at Alma Heights. And I asked him, I said, where, because I said, where are you going to play Michael Terry? He goes, we're going to play him anywhere we can. And the reason he said that is because Michael can play quarterback, he could play running back, he could play wide receiver, he's a kick returner, he's a punt returner. Jackknife. And he's a, he's one of those guys that you just get him the ball. And he's a junior, but he, and he's been a starter since he was a freshman. So he can play a lot of positions, and I think uh, the Mules just want to utilize him because they don't have a lot of guys coming back, so they're going to really rely on him for success this year. And he's just a fun guy to watch. He's you know he's got a, He's one of those guys that, when you get him the ball, he can score, and that's what the that's what the Alma High is going to try to do. Okay, well, again, thank you all for listening to the San Antonio Express News High School Sports Podcast. Uh, if you all enjoy, make sure to follow us on our newly launched Instagram at San Antonio HSS, and the same on Twitter um, for more content as well as read us on ExpressNews.com. Yeah.